Good morning, church. Again, it's so wonderful, and I, and I, you know, I thank Pastor uh, Kevin for always being generous with his pulpit because I know this is his. So I'm always glad when I get a chance to share the gospel. And you know, I'm Pastor Kevin and I. We share a lot of things. Like for instance, just one of them. We have a lot of hair. You know, you see, the Lord is our barber. You see, some of you, we need human beings to do that. You know, for us, the Lord just takes care of that. How about that? Oh, my God. You know, it doesn't get better than that. So I'm so sorry for some of you who are. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here and to share the word of God with us. And this month, we are beginning uh, our month series and it's titled Uncommon. So what are the things that set us apart as Christians that make us a rare species upon the earth, right? What are the things that define us as, 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 as Christians, as followers of Christ? And so I'm glad that I get a, a chance to, uh, you know, to start off this series because so that if I mess it up, Pastor can come and fix it in the next, the following weeks, right? So that's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing about this. Uh, so... And so today we're going to talk about uncommon faith, uncommon faith. You see, most of the times we call ourselves as Christians that we are people of faith. You know, we are women of faith, we are men of faith. We call ourselves as people of faith. You know, the Bible in Hebrews 11 and verse 1 just defines faith this way. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It says it's the evidence of things not seen. Uh, but I like to sometimes, you know, as a teacher of the word, every now and then I like to go back into the Bible and read a different translation. You know, just sometimes you get used to one translation, the way it says it, and you think like you already know it. Oh, for God so loved the world that he gives only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him not perish. But I've, you know, kind of like you just roll. But sometimes when you read something that is different, it forces you to think about what you are reading. So I decided to bring... That version is very interesting. It says the easy version of the Bible. I just, you know, Americans like easy. Just saying, just saying, just saying. Um, <laughs> so it says, this, that is Hebrews 11, 1 to 2. It says, this is what it means to trust God. We will be sure about the things that we hope for. We will be sure in our minds about the things that we cannot even see it was because of their faith that God said good things about the people long ago so the Bible says faith is about being able to trust God for the things that you just are hoping for to be able to trust God to believe God for things that you have not even seen but this is the part that touches me. He says, it is, this is how all of the great people that you love to read their stories in the Bible. He said, this is how they got to get God speak well about them. Think about Abraham. Why, do we, why, why is Abraham important? It's because this gentleman at 75 years old received a promise that he will have a child. The wife was about 65 years of age. And they were dumb enough to believe God. 
They were dumb enough to believe God. So, he, and God looked at them and said, my God, I tell a 75-year-old, you're going to have a child and a lady is 65 years old and they can still believe me? God like, wow, this is impressive. And yet, they will not even have the child until the guy is nearly 100. So, so look at that. So God promises you're going to have a child at 75. You already know it's, it's impossible. And then he waits again for 25 years as though it was not already shockingly, shocking enough. He waits again 25 years and says, oh, by the way, remember I told you 25 years ago. In fact, by the time he is saying this, Abraham has already looked for himself an alternative solution. Yeah, he's gotten the maiden girl, he's gotten the servant girl in his home, and he, you know, he did what he knew to do best. And they already had a child. And he was like, Lord, bless this one. This is the child. And God said, no, no, that's not what I said. I didn't say with the maiden girl. I, I talked about Sarah. I talked about your own wife. That is the one. Wow. And so, at 99 years old, Sarah is about 80. Uh, um, around that time, no, no. He, no, no, he's, yeah, he's close to 100. Sarah is about 90. So by the way, if uh, a little bit of arithmetic, that's 90 is like menopause times 2 plus 10. <laughs> just, just, just a little calculation for those of you who love math. You know. <laughs> but that is, that, is, that is how serious. And this guy still believes God. Now, does it now surprise you why? Even the Bible says he is a father of faith. Calls him father of faith. Because he could believe God for things like that. No doubt, God decided to say, through him, the whole earth shall be blessed. Through his descendants, the whole earth shall be blessed. But this is the kind of type of thing that we are, we are talking about. Faith distinguishes us from all the other people that live upon the earth. We are supposed to be distinguished by faith. By the way, this is the way that God speaks good of you is through your faith. See, see, in other words, when God is bragging about you, the number one thing that God really brags about you is the fact that you can believe him. The Bible says a long time ago when God, you know, you know, God uh, met the devil and he said, hey, devil, what have you been up to these days? He said, oh my God, you know my job, to and fro the earth, seeking whom I may devour. He didn't say that like, quite like that. But he said, I've been to and fro the earth. Then the Lord asked him, say, have you considered my servant, Job? Have you noticed that there is no man like him on the surface of the earth? Notice how God is bragging about his own child. I think that the problem with us is that when we read some of these stories, we say, oh, wow, well, that's about Job. <laughs> that was really about Job. It's not about me. But actually, the Lord, the Bible put that there so that you and me will realize the unheard conversations that are going on about us. Do you know that God is just, each one of us this day, God is still saying the same thing. He said, do you consider my servant, you know, uh, Kevin? Do you, do you consider my servant, Caleb? Or, or do you consider my servant, Mary or Joanna? Or, but he is still a God who is bragging about the his children. But when he was bragging about Job, it wasn't because of anything. He was bragging that Job trusts him. Job lives his life 
according to what is written in the book. I said, he believes that I am God. He puts me first. He doesn't say, I've never seen him. Where is he? Where is God? If there is God. No, he doesn't say that. He just believes that I am his creator. The Bible says, he says, have you considered my servant Job? You know, God even, the Bible even concludes in the, you know, in, in, in that, in those series of verses in Hebrews 11, it says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. Now that's serious now. That means you can do all you want and if you don't have faith, you cannot please God. Now if I were you and I care about Christ, man, I'm going to think about what that means. Because if there is something that I, one single thing that if I don't have, then forget about pleasing God and I want to know that one thing. It's not like there are five of them, you can just do one. No, no, no. Without faith, it is, it didn't say it is so hard, you know, you, it would take a lot of time. No, no, no. Impossible to please God. So I want to have that thing that's impossible. <laughs> that if I have, if I don't have, I cannot. And so, this is what the Bible says about faith. That's why faith is important. In fact, the Bible says that when we get to heaven one day, it says our, you know, our salutary greeting in heaven will be, well done, you good and faithful servant. Well done. See, we, we walk for God's applause. We, we want, you see, here on earth, people are looking for the Grammys, they are looking for the Emmys, they are looking for the Oscars. My God, the Oscars of Oscars, the Emmy of Emmys is well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come into my inheritance, into my favor, into my breakthrough that I've prepared for you. There's nothing like that. Because remember that the Bible says that when you will be, when God will make that declaration, I want you to know, all of heaven and earth, past, present, and the future for all for those who are living in this time, everybody shall be there. Can you imagine how it look? How glorious! I mean, like there's no the one you see in Hollywood. That's that's not those are not Oscars. The real Oscars are coming. The real Emmys are coming. <laughs> you know, when God says, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant," and, and and will usher us into. Life eternal where we will live with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Our finite brains cannot even comprehend what that means. But it will take faith. That's what I'm saying. If we would put our faith in him, then we can be sure. That's why it's, faith is very important. Now let me just read something quickly here. And I read this uh, you know, at the beginning of the year when we started our Sermon series on Let My People Go. I'm reading Joshua 10, 12 to 14. It says this. On the day that the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, Sun, stand still over Gibeon, and you moon over the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped. Till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Joshua. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. Think about that. But look at verse 14 now. There was never, or there has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely, the Lord was fighting for Israel. What an incredible story. 
The children of Israel in the midst of a battle. It's kind of like what is going on with Ukraine and, and Russia right now. And then the leader of the children of Israel says, Sun, stand still. And he says, Moon, stand still. Not only does he say that, he even tells the sun and the moon where to stand. It says, Sun, you, Gibeon. Okay, moon, you, Valley of Ajalon. Wow. You know, I was like, my Joshua, who are you to command God's planetary system to come to a halt? Who are you? But here is, here is a surprising thing. The next verse says that, so the sun stood still and the moon stopped. For those of us who did a little bit of geography, we understand that what that means is the rotation and the revolution of the earth was held at a standstill. You know, God has set laws in motion. He says a moving object will continue to move until, you know, the Newton's laws and all that. And God froze all of his laws because one of his kids said so. And you and me are his kids. Don't be looking at Joshua like he has some special something going on with him. No, you can make yourself special by believing God, by putting your faith in him. That is what God is pleased with. Any of us can be like a Joshua. But here is what we have to do though. We have to believe God like Joshua did. Do you know? That you can stand in the midst of your home and you can say, devil, we're not going to mess up with this family again. I'm still trusting you for my daughter to come back home. I'm still trusting you for my spouse. I still believe that you will move in my job. I still believe that you can restore my, my relationship with this person and with that person. Lord, I still believe that you can make me a man and woman of God that is clean and holy and walking in righteousness. I still believe. My prayer is that when you live here today, you say, Lord God, away with addiction, it ends now and it ends today. Stand still. So that God can hear your heart and he can answer you. But here's what one of God's kids did. In fact, the Bible record says, we have never seen anything like that before. No, even after the, you know, like they said, no, we have never seen anything like that. One of God's children decided to stop the planetary system for an entire day. Wow. And God listened to him. But here is what I want to let us know though. I want you to think about this thought. God loves you and me so much that he is willing, if need be, to stop the entire planetary system so that we can get victory over our situations. I want you to know that you are God's kid. You are his, you, I mean, you, some of you, you who are parents, you know how you love your kid. You know, sometimes our kids don't even know. They just kind of like, whatever, you know. But you are, you, you are like bleeding in the night for every tiny thing they don't get right. You are like, Lord, what am I, have I done something wrong? I, I, I mean, am I talking to some parents here? Like you, you sometimes you, you feel like you are to blame even when your child does something that is wrong. Because like maybe is there something that I was, 
what did I do wrong that makes this kid want to go this way? And, and I, I believe that we got that instinct from God. It's like God can do anything for us. That's why he even sent one of his own sons to come and now die for us. <laughs> that's, how, that's how, because he just wanted to have a heaven that is full of many of us. Oh my God, that's so sweet. He wanted to have a heaven full of his kids. And he said he gave one of his sons that he can redeem all of the rest of us. And he said, the son stands still and he stood still. That is uncommon faith. Where did he see that from? He never saw that from anybody. Nobody before has ever said for the son to stand still. But for some reason, he just believed that as long as God loved him, that he was going to do that. You know, I grew up as I grew up in the Baptist church, and back in the day we sang a lot of hymns, and until today, you know, I have hymns that are always roaming at the back of my mind, and I sing them all all the time. One of one of the hymns, you know, kind of relates to what we are saying here. It says, "Now let us have a little talk with Jesus." He says, "Let us tell him all about our troubles." He says, he will hear our faintest cry and he will answer by and by. He says, and when you feel a little prayer wheel turning and you, you will know a little fire is burning, find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. But the part that I really love is the fact, the fact that he will hear us or he will hear our faintest cry. You see, but what he, the element that we are always missing is not that we don't cry. All of us here cry. Your finances are low, guess what? You are crying. But the only problem is a cry that has no faith to it. You're not saying, Lord, I am trusting you that if need be, you will stop the moon. If need be, you will, you know, you will Whatever you, will, you have to do, what, you will do it for me. No, that's not what we are saying. We are saying, Lord, you know, look at you now. I mean, I've been trusting you. What did I read my Bible in the morning. Lord God, did I not come to church the other day? Why is it that these things are happening to me? Most of the times, our prayer are complaints rather than prayers. Prayers declare how powerful God is in, the, in, the, in front of, in the, or in in the face of troubles and trials. So the problem is that we go to God, we tell God how big our problems are, and so we make God so small. Instead of going before God to tell, or going before our problems to tell our problems how great God is, so that God is magnified and the problem disappears, we go telling how, say, Lord, you don't understand it. What I am saying is... <laughs> He said, the deadline already passed. I'm saying that the deadline passed like last week. And then God is saying, no. Because you know what? That's, God, is, God is very interesting, right? It's kind of like Jesus is at the, at the you know, he hears that Lazarus is dead. And then they tell him, Lazarus, your friend is dead. And he, he, he turns around and says, he's sleeping. And then guys are laughing. They're like, oh my God. You know, this guy is so, sometimes he's so spiritual that he forgets what we're talking about. We said he is dead. We don't say that he is dying. <laughs> we said he is dead. Like it's four days. I said, well, he is sleeping. And then he comes and gets him. The other day, oh my God, what, 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 what kind of man is this? Right? 
So, but he is a God who hears us. Now, there are four, quickly, let me share with you, four kinds of faith that we should exhibit. Number one, let us have the faith of the Father. The faith of the Father, I call, is a salvation faith. There's this story in the Bible about the prodigal son. You know, how this, you know, a man had two sons, and the younger one got up one day and said, what? Give my share of the property of my inheritance. And he took it, and he left, and it was never seen again. And long, you know, when he went and uh, squandered his money and began to be in want and lost everything, then he was headed his way to the Father. This is what he was saying to himself. Luke 15, 18 to 24. He says, I will set out and go back to my Father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went back to his Father. But here is the interesting part. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, I actually believe most Bible versions say, will title this story, The Prodigal Son. I think that the star in that story, to me, if you ask me, is a fa- the father. You know, I think instead of saying, calling it the prodigal son, I would, I would maybe say something like the amazing father, the uncommon father. Because if I were father, you know, I have two sons. I have Lamb, I have, uh, you know, I have Madison. And if one of them came to me and said, you know, dad, give me my own share of the inheritance. And I was dumb enough to give them a half. Um, <laughs> Oh, you, okay, so you are still awake. It seems like you are here. Yeah, so if I was dumb enough to give them half of it, and then we went and then squandered it, and then came back. <laughs> when I see him coming afar off, by the way, I'll say, oh, Lord, now come, let me give you the lecture of your life. You know, I'll be planning a lecture for him. You see, he was planning his speech to come and tell the father, but I would be, as a father, I would have been waiting for the day he comes back, and I would tell him, a piece of my mind, right? Just a little piece. Well, I, you know, after I verify how much will be left, right? So sometimes we say, I'll just give you a piece of my mind. Oh my God. And before we know it, all you have vomited everything, yeah? <laughs> so, but look at this. The faith of the father says that from the day that the son left the home, the father was always expecting him to come back. He had not given up on the son He was always looking. And even though the son was coming back, the dresses were torn. No sandals on his his feet. The ring that he had, you know, he had given the precious ring that says that you belong to me. Because back in the day, the ring was actually a signet, was actually a a stamp of, you know, it it, it was something that bears significance. You know, it was not just like you buy whatever. It was saying you belong here. This is where it was kind of like a seal. People used to use their rings to basically put a signature that this is me, you know, to sign oaths, to sign things like that. All of that was gone because he went to the pawn shop somewhere, a ring that was costing 100K. You know, the guy just went and said, man, if you have 30,000, just give me here. You know, and then he took it and went away. And even that too was squandered. But listen to this. Day after day, even though he was gone, the father was always looking in the horizon. 
was always looking. He would get up every day and keep looking there. And one day he spotted a tattered looking fellow and uh, with torn dresses and uh, he couldn't walk right and, uh, and all of that. But in the midst of all of that, he still saw his son. Can I tell you that when God looks at you in, in spite of the fact that you and me make mistakes and we err and we do all of this, things that even us we are not proud of, that when he looks, he does he see past our errors, he see past our sin, he still see the son, the daughter that we were intended to be. He still sees his kid. He still sees his kid. And we are told that he ran towards him, he threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. You know, Bible scholars tell us that. In the, in, in, in the, in back in the day, the tradition was when a child is wayward like that, when he comes, the elders would meet the child at the gates and say, oh, you are the guy who you know, stole your father's property, went and you're coming back. And they'll say, okay, now you're welcome. Now, they will stone them to death because they have literally a disgrace to the community. Like this one is not supposed to be part of this community. This one should be you know, you know, purged from the community because... Look at what kind of child is that? Who wants to have that kind of child? But before the elders of the city could get to the boy, the father saw the boy, spotted him, had compassion, ran towards him, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Now that story about, is about your father. It's about my father. It's about our father who is in heaven. That's how much he loves us. Even when we go... Away, move away from him, guess what? His eyes are on the horizon. He has faith that we will come back. And so he's watching, he's looking and waiting. Let us have the faith of a father that believes God for his for loved ones, that we can believe God for our children, believe God for our spouses, believe God for our relationships, the people that are dear to us, that God can touch them. But also, I want you to us to have the faith of the centurion. The centurion is a Roman soldier. Listen to this. He says, Matthew 8, from 8 to 10, he says this. He says, the centurion replied to God. By the way, the centurion came to Jesus and said, I want you to heal my servant. And Jesus said, I am willing to do so. Um, just wait me. Let me, uh, let's go to your house. Let's go to your home so I can see your servant. I can lay my hands on your servant and I can heal your servant. Do you know what the centurion said? This is what is written in Matthew 8 from 8. Now it says, The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say a word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I say to, I tell this one, go. And he goes and I, and that one, come. And he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. So this guy said, no, no, Jesus, don't come to my home. Just say a word. You are that powerful. You are that powerful. And Jesus looked at it and said, none of the disciples, 12 of them, none of them ever said that to Jesus. And Jesus said to them, the faith, he says in verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. Now, for somebody who created all of heaven and earth, who has been here before anybody was, to, to be amazed. <laughs> like I mean all his life he has not seen this up to this moment the Bible says even Jesus was amazed and he said this truly 
I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Wow. Now, do you now see why the Bible says that faith pleases God? Like Jesus was like, man, this is cool. This is cool. I have not seen, nobody has ever impressed me that much. Sometimes we think God is impressed that we came to church. Mm, maybe. But he is more impressed that you took that preacher seriously. That's what impresses him. Like, oh my God, my word, she believed it. That's what impresses him. Sometimes we think, like, oh my Lord, uh, uh, this, today I did, I did read my two verses, so I'm, I'm, I'm covered, you know. Uh, everything checked and I, and I should be. No, no, no. And you think God is impressed with that. Well, mm, maybe he's impressed, but he is really impressed that you took those two verses seriously in your life and you were trying to live it. That is when you see his joy that you and me operate and live in the word of God. So the faith of the centurion says, God has no distance. God is not limited. God can do anything. We just need a word. How I wish that us as a church, that every Sunday we are coming to church, we just say, oh Lord, as we're in driving the car, say just a word, Lord. Because if you just say something about my child, if you just say something about my finances, if you just say something about, you know, you know my situation, I know that it, that is it. Because if you have said it, I know it's done. We believe for it. That you can do the impossible. That you can break the unbreakable. That we believe him for it. And so that is that kind of faith. The faith that says, I believe God for that. But not only God wants us to have, you know, that, that kind of faith, the faith of the centurion, but God wants also to have the faith of Abraham. You know, I just talked about Abraham, the guy who believed God at 75 years old that he can have a child. And when he was 99 years old, almost 100, and the wife was about 90, they still believed God that he would do things, that he could, they could have a child. That's, that's amazing to me. 90 years of age. I just gave you, you know, arithmetic, some calculations yet. <laughs> the other, you know, a, mo a moment ago. But here is, here is what really moves me that the Bible says in Romans 4, 18 to 21. It says this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so he became the father of many nations. The reason why he became a father of many nations is because against hope, he hoped. So that is faith. Faith is when you hope when there is no hope. Uh-oh. See, you and me are still looking for hope. When I am feeling good, I, you know, there's this thing that we always ask people, how are you feeling about it? Somebody writes an exam. Somebody does an interview. How do you feel about it? <laughs> you know, what God is saying is that even whether you, don't, whether you feel it or you don't feel it, hope is bigger than a feeling. <laughs> and he says, Against hope, he believed in God. And he was called the father of many nations. He says, when God said to him, we, he says, when God said to him that, uh, you know, that his offspring shall be that way, verse 19 now, without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. And, the, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. How, think about it. How do you trust that a 90-year-old 90, 90 woman is going to give birth? 
I mean, I mean, who has ever heard that? Medically, biologically, I don't care what kind of stretch of the word. And so that's why the Bible even says, even the Bible says that her womb was as good as dead. Well, like she was not living. It's like you were thinking about a corpse or something. <laughs> but it's against hope. They still hoped in God. Listen to this. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Now, 21, which is my highlight here, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. I want us to have uncommon faith. The uncommon faith says, I believe that God has power to do what he said he would do. So when you are, when you are inviting God into your situation, don't invite him in fear. And say, oh Lord, don't you know that? You know, No, no, he says, I believe that you will be able to do it. I don't know how, but I believe. The Bible said this is the kind of faith that moves God. The faith of Abraham is the faith that says God has power to do what he has promised. But not, we, I don't want us just to have the, the kind of the faith of the centurion, the faith of a father, the faith of Abraham. But lastly, I want us to embrace what I call the faith of God. That is creative faith. In Hebrews 11 from, uh, from 1, it says, Now faith is the confidence that what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Verse 3, it says, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made of what is visible. That is the faith of God. That whatever we do not see does not mean that it does not exist. It just means that there is nobody who has creative faith to call it from non-existence into existence. So what am I saying? What I'm, I'm saying? What I'm saying is that whatever breakthrough you need is possible. The only difference is that it's not, it's not physical. It's not, it's not available to the eyes. But that's why we need the faith of God. We need uncommon faith because uncommon faith says, Lord God, loan me your eyes. Because these ones don't see. That, that's why you even after, after putting this one again, adding it to have four eyes, it still sometimes doesn't see. <laughs> and so we have to ask God, Lord, give me your eyes so I can see. I think somebody wrote a song like that. Give me your eyes so I can, you know, somebody sing that song, that sang a song like that. Give me your eyes because we need to see like God sees. So the, 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 the faith of God says, even though I don't see it, God has given me the power to call it. Remember, we just sang a song here about mountains and, and valleys and all of that. The Bible says, if you believe, God, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be thrown into the depth of the sea and it shall be 
according as you have said it. So there's an element of you articulating what is it that you believe God for. Let me tell you a secret. When you are praying, don't just, don't just be praying in your heart. There's a dimension of God that you can never experience until you open your mouth and say it out. That's what the psalm says. Let the meditation of our, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable. It means that these two are two different things and they are two different tools that you must use them well. That's why we don't only teach our children to read or, or, or to write. We teach them also to read. So they read and write because the two elements are different and they call for a different level of communication. So don't only meditate. Put your words. Remember, when the children of Israel were in the midst of a battle, Joshua did not just think, oh, how I wish the sun stood still. How I wish the moon no, he said, he articulated it. I want you to do something strange this morning. In front of the seat pocket that you have, just take out the, 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 paper, the one that says connect. I want you to write an audacious prayer. What is it that if you could shout out loud, you would say, what sun would you want to stand still? What moon would you want to see stand still? What is that situation you want to see change in your life? I want us to have faith this morning. Come on, pull that paper, take up the pen beside it and write something. And say, Lord, this is what I'm trusting you for. This is what I want from you. I know that you can do this because I want us to be practical. I don't want us to go home and say, well, you know, I heard a, you know, a great message. Well, it said uh, I should have faith in God. Well, I'm still thinking what faith I... No, 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 no. Start by, start by writing something down. Here are the requests. In January, we, we, we ask people to write down their prayer requests. I remember I put down some audacious prayer requests here, but this is May. I can tell you that those prayer requests were already answered. Can you believe that? God heard me in January, answered my prayer between January and May, and right now as I stand, I am just thanking him. Now I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more audacious. I'm asking him for bigger things now. You know how you ask God for a little toy, and then and, and they say, oh, no, 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 Lord, I can do better than that. I'm not going to be asking for little toys. I'm going to be asking you for really mighty things. Because God is, he, he, wants to be, he, he wants to be strong on our behalf. He wants to do great things. But it takes faith. It takes faith. So this morning, here is how I close. As the worship team just comes up to uh, help us. And so be, by the way, be writing your audacious prayer. Just write your audacious, write something, something really wild and that you can trust God for. So remember this, Joshua says, the sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down for about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since. A day when the Lord listened to a human being. Can I say this to you? There's never been a day like today where the Lord listened to your prayer. Listen, he listened to you, but what are you going to say? That's what you're going to write on that card. That's what you're going to write on that card. Say, this is what I, Lord, so that the Lord can listen to what you will say. There's never been a day that he listened to a man like that. 
But what are you going to say to the Lord today? Write it down and say, Lord, whatever that thing is. And it's an audacious prayer. You, you're like, oh my God, can I even write this down? If I, is it too much? Is it is 40,000 too much? Is it $1 million too much? Or is it my son coming home? That, what is that thing that you kind of just feel like it's too much? That's too big to really ask. This is your time. This is your day. There was never a day like that day. Somebody asked an audacious thing. Said, Lord, stop that your planetary thing. I have to get a victory. And God heard it. Now can we rise to our feet? As we write down that. I want you to just take that piece of paper. You know what? And just come and throw it here at the altar. You know how the Bible says, Casting your cares on him, for he cares for you. Casting, cast is a military term that seems to reject. He said, no, no, that diabetes is not mine. You know, you know, depression and, 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 and that anxiety and, and all of that. And this, uh, you know, no, I'm, I'm rejecting it. My sins, Lord, take it away. Take it, take it. It doesn't belong to me. Lord, I'm trusting you. So as the, the praise team leads us, just come on and just throw it here. And if, you, if you know, I mean, it's okay with you, you can throw it here and stand here and continue to worship the Lord and pray and say, Father, I give it to you. What is your sun that you need to stand still? What is your moon that you need to stand still? It might not be a physical moon, will, will likely not be a physical sun, but maybe you need to stay some trouble out of your home. Maybe you need to stay some worry out of your home, whatever that thing is. So I invite you to come and you can deposit this as the, the praise team leads us and we just worship him briefly. You know, I would like to invite our pastor to come up and, and he will be praying for all of these requests that we have put here. Do you know that God loves us? He saw you when you were writing that request. He saw your need. But I want us to trust God that not only he sees, but he responds. He responds. So I want you to take a minute and, and, and vocalize it. I want you to say it. Whatever you wrote here, just say it. Because again, remember, it's not about you just thinking. He says, on that day, he says, Joshua lifted his voice and he gave a shout. Son, stand still. Maybe you need to say, Beatles, be clear. If you're going through a financial trouble, don't be scared. Don't say, oh my God. I mean, let me first of all start by the spiritual things. God cares about everything about you. Your finances, your health, your salvation, your children, your husband, your wife, your friends, your work. He cares about you. So I want you to take a minute. I just want you to say that. Let the Lord hear your voice this morning. Come on, go ahead. Go on. Say something to the Lord. Tell him that thing, Lord. So I want my bills to stand still. I, I want my daughter to be restored. Lord, I, I, what, what is it that you're asking? Say something. Say something. Jesus name. Father, we acknowledge that for some of these requests that are here at my feet, that the difficulty that we envision in our minds might as well be the sun standing still. But Lord, your word says that with God, all things are possible. And so, God, we're just going to declare that we believe. Come on, just say, I believe. I believe. 
Father, we believe what you have said you can do, that you will indeed do it. And so, God, we just declare today with a spirit of faith that these needs that we have articulated, for us they are the sun and the moon. And we say, sun, stand still. Moon, stop right where you are. Do not move another inch. We speak prophetically to these things. And God, we pray that we would see victory in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.